what an honor, what a pleasure to have you here on this once again mom podcast. This has been a dream of mine and I'm just so honored that you would spend a little bit of your time with me as we navigate postpartum motherhood together. This podcast is all about motherhood. We'll be covering all the different aspects of motherhood. But the main focus will be those tender postpartum days, weeks, and first year of motherhood. We will be talking about the physical experience of birthing a baby and navigating healing as a mother, the practical aspects of healing, not only nutrition and supplements, but moving into the heart and the soul of matters, the emotional movement of the body and how it plays with our mental states. We will cover what tribal motherhood looks like and feels like, how to find that in your own community and the boundaries that we as women get to discover and establish. The most exciting topic for me personally is what it looks like to heal the masculine and feminine in us as we become and fully embody the matriarch. There are so many exciting conversations and energetic spaces that we're going to explore here. Having you here is one of my greatest honors and such a pleasure. I hope that you feel the immense love and gratitude that I have for you in this space. My conversation today is with a glorious soul that I am in awe of. She's an integrative nutrition health coach and with special training in mineral balance and emotional freedom technique, or EFT. Her passion is in helping clients overcome health imbalances, which sparked by her own healing journey. Her story is relatable to so many of us. With years of alcohol and marijuana abuse, living a standard American lifestyle full of antibiotics, hormone birth control, and industrialized food, experiencing ailments like allergies, fatigue, brain fog, food sensitivities, and low immunity, which contributed to seven UTIs, two upper respiratory infections, and skin that was breaking out all over the place in the course of just one year. All while being told by doctors that it was normal, sending her home with even more antibiotics. With no real change through conventional medicine, she took a deep dive into reconnecting with nature through the study of evolutionary, alchemical, and folk herbalism, astrology and human design, hypnotherapy, EFT, and kundalini yoga. The return to wholeness, simplicity, and self-sufficiency with these beautiful modalities brought great progress, but it wasn't until finding the root cause protocol studied with its founder, Morley Robbins, that she learned how mineral imbalance was the driving force behind her chronic ailments. Mineral balancing changed her life in a matter of months. Lifelong allergies and sensitivities dwindled and then disappeared. Her energy and resilience was restored. There was a groundedness and a nourishment in a new and wonderful way. Over the years of study and healing, her awareness of the need to trust the immense complexity and intelligence of the mind, body, emotions, soul, and spirit has become the guiding light in her coaching. Working with her, you will not only be receiving the highest quality, well-researched nutritional insight, but you will have the opportunity to be seen for all that you are and supported in your return to true wholeness through a multifaceted, gentle approach that honors your humanity. This conversation highlights so much of this. She is a beautiful soul, someone I have fallen in love with throughout this conversation, and I am so excited to share her with you today. You can find her at motherofminerals.com and Instagram at motherofminerals, all of which will be in the show notes. Without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Carolina. How are you today? 
Wonderful today. Yeah, it's been a beautiful morning. Awesome. How's your pregnancy going? It's been overall incredibly easy and blessed. Um, I felt really whole being pregnant. Um, if I, I keep saying to my husband, if I could always be pregnant, I would be. There's just something about it that I think it's the permission to rest and eat and do whatever I want that, right. I mean, it's like, that's available all the time, but I think the pregnancy just sort of unlocked it for me in a different way. And so, yeah, just beautiful. Went out to dinner with my girlfriends last night. My girlfriend's pregnant. She's just announced to our little circle. She's having ah. a girl. So that's so fun to be pregnant with a friend in town and everything. So yeah. Pregnancy is so potent for women. Like it unlocks our design in the most magical, deep way that nothing else does. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like parts of me that were sort of dormant, but there that are not, like my voice, even with just silly things like my work, I feel like I have more clarity with how I want to show up. Um, the things that I want to bring to my space, it's just much more clear. That's so beautiful. There is something about partnering with the spirit of your child that unlocks pieces of yourself that you had no access to before, I feel like at least. And each subsequent child, whether you get to experience their their them in full term or not, there is a potency that they bring that, yeah, it unlocks mothers in motherhood. I, I love Nicole from Seed of Joy. And she talks about, she's like, I hope in every life I get to be a mother. I don't want to experience a life that I'm not a mom. And I love that. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's like, I connected, actually, I feel really truly that I connected with this little girl in 2020. And yeah. it's when I knew that I I did want to be a mom because I went for a few years where I was like, you know, yes, but it's also a huge decision and a huge responsibility. And um, my life is such that I sort of took a long time to grow, grow up. <laughs> and, um, and, but then in 2020, I just really was like, you know, I found the partner. And I think this in the way that I want to do it, because I, I knew at that point that it was like, if I'm going to do this, it has to be a certain way. I have to do it with sovereignty and, um, you know, the right support. And that started to really show up. So then I just knew it was like this number 2024, the year 2024 will be the year. And so I've been preparing really and just getting my body really set. The past year of nourishment has been incredible. What magic? I mean, who like the magic of that experience of receiving, opening, allowing, and then moving yourself through that nourishment of ensuring that your 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 womb space, your your existence can contain and hold your container, right? Holds and carries her with such sovereignty and such beauty, beauty as well. 
I mean, that alone shifts and adjusts entire generation because your daughter, there will be no other way for her other than this, because you've allowed yourself to prepare that highway that this is the standard. This is the way things are, is we as women are sovereign and we get to choose these things. And oh, I love that. That's so magic. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And it really did start with just the that sort of psycho-spiritual um, hygiene, you know, mm-hmm. of just really taking care and, you know, working out my mindset, working out my shadow, um, working on, you know, communicating with my partner and with my loved ones and making sure that I can set boundaries and, and it's still on ongoing and unfolding and new levels of needing of needs, really just needs shifting and having to be in flow. And I know that that's just going to get even more (laughs) um, real, you know, as we get as we get closer to the birth and once I give birth. So So what are some of the uh, things, if you don't mind sharing, like what are some of the things that you navigated over the last four years of boundaries and of owning your own voice and choosing yourself and choosing that as a woman in our society for sure is really challenging to honor our voice, to know our own voice, to recognize our shadow and shadow work is so new to so many people. Um, and so those of us that are kind of forging ahead and <laughs> choosing to, to dive in, whether we have a roadmap for us or not, what, how, how did you begin navigating that as yeah, over the last four years, if you don't mind diving in, like, let's, let's go there. I'm so pumped. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So um, I would say it was a health crisis at first that made me realize that um, I wasn't working in alignment. My career was something I was that was draining me and not feeding me. And I was working in fashion. I was stuck in a retail job and I didn't really know how to get out of it. I had a jewelry brand that, you know, this is also part of the work was I don't think I had the confidence or the um, self-worth to really put myself out there and take the risk to be seen in the way that I needed to in order for that business to be successful. So I sort of like, I was in this in between of like, I'm an artist, but I don't want to show myself and all of this kind of back and forth intention. And um, that plus the, the, the work in just a totally toxic environment made me kind of ill. And I, I had a lot of gut issues Um, and my immune, my immune system was really low and I had a moment of clarity where, you know, Western medicine just really didn't know what to do with me. They just wanted to give me antibiotics like over and over. So that the physical part was the thing that really told me I need a reframe. I need to slow down. I need to change my entire life in that way. I need to like a total shift. And, um, Once I started to heal, did you come from a natural perspective or was it just the constant failure of Western medicine? It was the constant failure. It was the constant failure. And it was really a divine moment of clarity where I, um, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. There's what is it? There's a wasp in my house. 
Oh, wasp magic. Wasp magic. Yeah. Um, mm. There was this divine. Oh, hang on one second. Let me just make sure he settles. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it so fucking much. It's so wild. I Wow. Okay. So I was just feeling like actually going and getting antibiotics was making me sicker and it was. And so I came from a very mainstream family where we would just go and to the doctor and grab amoxicillin. Go to the expert. Yeah. And um, very much looking to the outside for answers. And so I started to go inward. And then once I made that one decision, my destiny sort of unfolded in a way that was really interesting. I, I, found kundalini yoga which was a huge uh spiritual emotional psychological shift um and opening and it helped me really connect to my own inner wisdom and my own intuition in a way that i needed so desperately i also connected um by chance with a herbalist who ended up being my teacher and helping me to really open up to nature and um, the mirror that nature offers us. And so that was a huge um, awakening on another level that of just my, my ability to look at nature and see that I'm part of it. We're part of the same together and we're in an ecosystem. Dude, that perspective alone changes the game because I'm no yes. longer separate. And it's it's this, like you begin to see society in a completely different manner where the goal is to separate and divide. And so bringing in harmony and oneness and cohesiveness, mm-hmm. ugh, it's just magic. It's, it's ugh. Magic is my word of the week. I've been saying it so much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's it magic. Is, it is full of magic. And I had so many magical experiences and moments of awe in nature that were unexplainable, just unexplainable and and not something that I could have ever preconceived. And just the the ability to tune in to the wisdom that's there. It's a birthright that we all have. So that really opened my heart. Um and and in, all of this, by the way, was really increasing my sensitivity. I was becoming more and more um, aware of where things weren't like my boundaries were leaky and I was people pleasing and I was abandoning myself and I was, you know, not valuing my time or my gifts and just giving and sacrificing myself in a way that was really exhausting. And so those were really the shadow aspects that came out of these beautiful things that were entering into my life to show me what was possible and what I wanted and what was really actually there available as far as magic and connection and, um, and yeah, synchronicity and cohesiveness with the environment and the ancient, the kiss of life, kiss of life. And it awakened on a practical level, um, common sense inside of me that really was kind of where, you know, we're sort of acculturated out of common sense in many ways. 
Um, because of that, you know, go to the expert. You don't really know what you need, all of that. Um, just being in the soup of herbalism and uh, meditation reawakened my own inner knowing and common sense in a very practical way. An ancient wisdom in your DNA. Huge, huge. And like knowing my power. And so then for the next few years, it was just really um, going back and forth between knowing my power and then not feeling comfortable expressing it and being scared, you know, being scared. And when I, I realized that like when you have an awakening or, or a homecoming to the soul, it kind of becomes, if, if that lands in the body and there's, and you don't have the courage to do something with it or to act differently in life, it sort of becomes this inertia and it can even become like a depression and a loneliness and an isolated feeling. So I went through that, but then I started to voice my need for community and friends and women. And I remember having a conversation with my mom. This was in 2019. And I said, mom, I just really, I was here in Los Angeles um, and hadn't really sunken into a friend group or a a women's community that really felt resonant um, at the end of the day, at the end of it all. It was all very compartmentalized, like the herbalists over here, the yogis were over here, you know, and they weren't all together. And so I told my mom that, and she started to actually pray for me to find friends. And then within just like four months, I ended up being invited to a Zoom call Um, and it was early COVID lockdown and it was just women on Tuesdays getting on Zoom and talking about life, very unstructured. And that was the beginning of me finding my tribe. How cool. Yeah. And then once I found the safety of people to say things that, you know, to say my shadow stuff, to admit how I felt right? And admit that I was scared or admit that I, you know, um, didn't know how to do things sometimes that safety just opened it up and made it all so easy. Were they women of varying ages or were y'all all just the same, same peer group type thing? Mostly the same, but we had, I would say, from the age of 27 to 45. Okay. So there was some, there was some range for some wisdom to be landed as well. Oh, how magical, how beautiful, what a support, support. I've been thinking in lately around um, the truth that I am supported. I am wildly and magically and unexpectedly supported. And since, since sinking into that truth and harmonizing with that frequency, magical moments like that, people from out of the blue, things are, are appearing and it's like, Whoa, okay. All right. This is amazing. Yes. Yes. And there's something really powerful about the voice and like vibrating that truth in claiming something that you know, I need, or I want saying it to someone or even just saying it out loud in like a verbal way into a space 
I feel like it's very powerful because it makes the desire very tangible and real. And every time I do that, something happens and I can't just like, I can't say what it's going to be, but I, I know that I can trust what happens. Well, the how is not up to us, right? The how is the universe, God, Gaia, spirit guides, whatever. That's th- their job. The alignment of frequency that we desire to be in the flow, the river, which river do you want to be in? Do you want to be on the shore or do you want to be in the water? That's our job. That's our choice to jump in, to, to align ourselves with it. And then the the how and the movement and the alignment, the the crazy stories, the experiences, all of those things come into our field, come into our ether. And it it is the magic of life. And women, we as women, I feel have the easiest time stepping in, stepping out and playing with these truths. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And it does inevitably show up when we're open. It's about receptivity, right? It's it is. like we want it and we open our minds and our bodies to receive it. It will come. Well, that's our that's our function, right? That's our form and function, we as women. As we open and and surrender and receive, we we receive, we take in the magic that then we manipulate to create something completely different than what it started out as. Sperm and egg, two separate things. We receive it and then our bodies manipulate it into an entire human and organ. Like what magic are you talking about? Happens in our body. Incredible. It's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. And so the, yeah, the past few years have just been this process of um, just self-acceptance and then also um, nourishing myself and slowing down and stepping back Mm. into a woman's way, a true woman's way of living. And um, I'm grateful that- Where there's no- there's no model for that in our in our current American Western society. We don't have, I love that, the woman's way. Mm-hmm. What is that? And it is, it's those ancient crones. And I say ancient, but the crones of old that would sit and and you know, you we've seen them in movies. I can see the archetype in my mind's eye, right? Of the little witch in the cottage where she just is wise to the ways of the world and wise to the herbs and wise to energy and wise and is able to say things um, that make no sense. I think of the movie Big Fish, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies and the, you know, the witch and the street and you look in her glass eye and you see, you know, how your your life ends and it was just this inner, like, we, we, yeah, we are just magic. We are connected to every time and every frequency and every space. I just, I love being a woman. There is, it is amazing. I love that you did, that you were guided through this incredible process to come into who you are and that you had the wisdom to honor the process of the last four years. You didn't fight it. You didn't, it wasn't this angst. I mean, sure there was, there was waves because that's part of 
humanity and part of being a woman as well is just the waves of emotion and energy that we feel. But to surrender to that and to know that um, stepping into motherhood for you, I'm so excited for you because it's going to be the most beautiful experience, rich, potent, ah, your birth. Oh my gosh. You said, you mentioned earlier that pregnancy, if you could like be pregnant forever for me, if I could birth babies, I would birth thousands and thousands. I love the portal that birth brings me to. Mm. And then that, that postpartum portal that I felt with each of them, but really anchored into with my fourth one. Yeah. It's something I want every single woman to know and experience. And I get so angry with our Western society in that way of robbing this experience from us as women and that women gladly hand it over through all of the interventions and, you know, passing our power off to the white coats. And I just like, no, we are so potently powerful. And if your body can create an entire organ and an entire human from two things, an egg and a sperm, like you can birth this child in the most magical way and experience the potency. Anyway, I'm derailing us. Um, I just, I'm so excited for you. I'm excited too. I am. And it's like the past few years have been such an exploration of the female ability to be like quantum. Like we're not linear. We are like, Yes, we can look in so many different directions simultaneously and see and know. We have eyes in the back of our head, hundred million thousand percent. Yes, amazing. So I'm so excited to see how that changes and transforms as I become a mother, and also how. And I'm so grateful for the ability to use my voice now and just my comfort level that's expanding with each day and each day that I show up in a really authentic way to myself and my partner. And the more I slow down really, um, the more comfort and ease I feel and knowing that I was born to do this, this, my body knows how to do this. There's no need to be afraid or over plan or, you know, all of that. I just feel very comfortable. It's like the most chill feeling. I never thought that being pregnant, I would feel relaxed. Mm. Probably the progesterone. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I feel very relaxed. Yeah. Overall, it's been. Well, I I do. I I feel like I want to like, this is like the perfect segue in in my mind into what what you share about in our magazine. And by the way, I just want to like publicly say thank you, thank you, thank you for being so willing and so generous with writing this article. This there's so much. I I wrote this really short little thing about minerals because minerals to me are are massive to our connectivity as humans, to the ether, to ourselves, to the cellular function of our existence, to the easeful pregnancy, um, to postpartum birth, all of it, our body functions. Um, it's literally the electricity, right? It's the, it's the way anyway. Um, and 
I didn't do it justice and I knew I didn't do it justice. And when I reached out to you and was like, please, like, I'm, I'm so hoping <laughs> that this aligns with you and that you're willing. And you said, absolutely. I would be so honored to, I, and then you, re- you sent me the article. I was giddy putting the, laying out the article in the magazine and dr- like j- drawing it out. It just is rich and it speaks to everything that we as Western society do not consider in our Western medicine expert world, there is no consideration to how minerals connect to our body. There's an old, um, I come from a farming ranching family and um, there was back in the, I think it was the eighties. It might've even been like 60s, 70s. Um, there was a doctor and there was these tapes that went around and it said that the title of it was dead doctors don't lie. And the whole point of what he was talking about was in how he cared for animals was minerals. If your if your herd is not doing well, you just up the minerals, and you want to ensure that they have good quality minerals. And then there's this, been this, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, but this expansion around minerals. We'll say that expansion around minerals and giving animals, especially if you have a smaller farm, um, a mineral buffet, and they are creating these tubs where you fill in the potassium, the zinc individually, um, magnesium. There's like, there's 17 different minerals that these different people are suggesting that you lay out for your animals and the animals will naturally go to the ones that they're deficient in. And the beautiful thing that happens with this process when you're in the regenerative ag area is that as these animals eat these minerals, they are processing them through their body. Um, they're obviously creating a healthier animal. They're creating a healthier wool or whatever it is that you're you get, milk, whatever you're utilizing the animal for. But then they're also excreting it. And those minerals are going back to remineralize the land. And it's this beautiful process because our land is very depleted in minerals. Another side story. But um, I, I love that whole picture of we're willing to do it for our animals we need to do it for ourselves. And if they're so vital and so important to the animal's health, how much more, how much more they, they talk about within the ag area as well. And then, and then we'll transition more into motherhood. But I feel like there's this really beautiful symbiosis in this of um, when there's a bad mom, a, a mom, a, a, an animal that that neglects or abandons her babies, what they found is that she's just deficient in minerals and she doesn't have that connection, that innate, um, that, that, that is built into mothers. It's built, it doesn't matter where you're at, but if a mother abandons her children, her babies, her offspring, it's, it can be directly correlated to how much mineral she got during her pregnancy. And that in of itself is mind blowing. We talk about postpartum depression. We talk about fatigue. We talk about all of these Issues that happen postpartum, postpartum is bliss when the right nutrients are in place for our bodies to function the way that they were designed to function. And without that, we suffer greatly and our children suffer and the next generation and and we have this disconnect. And so I just thank you for writing this article and I want to hear more about your um. I know that you went through and did the root cause protocol um, courses and have learned from, remind me his name. Morley Robbins. Morley Robbins. Um, and I'm just, I, it's a really big, I say fad at the moment, but it is that there's a lot of people coming on online about it. Um, what brought you to the mineral aspect of things? 
Yeah. So I had um, gotten into an Instagram page called Carnivore Aurelius. And I was just, and he says some great things. Um, And so I had discovered beef liver and I had started with the beef liver. And along the way, I just being an independent researcher, I had figured out a lot of the no-nos in life the seed oils and the, just the different sabotages, the, you know, synthetic vitamins, all of these things. Um, and so I heard about the RCP on a podcast on an herbalism podcast, actually. And it just really resonated. I was like, this is so true. This is so true. I've never heard it said this way. And I really like the way that this is, this information is being delivered to me. It feels so important. And so I looked up the RCP and I got the handbook and I was looking at the way it's constructed is stops and starts. And so the stops are all various mainstream ways that we sabotage our mineral balance. And so we cut those things out first, and then we start implementing the nutrient dense food forms of minerals. And I had already figured out most of the stops And so it was sort of like this exhale and relief that I felt like I had found. And I I also was aware of many of the starts, but just to see it so well constructed and engineered and to see this really sweet community around it, I felt like I had come home to some, uh, you know, just common sense community that they they really yeah. like this is no one's making any crazy claims there's no it, it's not like a diet it's not like um you know dogmatic it's really common sense and going back to what our great grandparents were doing it's just filling in and and cutting out synthetic nonsense and replacing it with real food and um which is honestly really challenging in our day and age. Like it is stupid how hard it is to eat well, to nourish our bodies. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild the amount of um, programming that we all have around not even trusting food and understanding that like, well, there's some truth to that because a lot of our soils are depleted. So how do you work around that? We go to our farmers. We go to our small farms. We seek out the guys that are doing it right you know? Um, and it, yeah, it takes a little bit of a, of a lifestyle shift, but it's really not that hard nowadays. Um, so that's how I found the RCP. And then I started doing it for myself and then just the timing was there and everything sort of clicked into place. And I got into the, the, uh, program last minute. I was like, Oh, they're doing a program. Oh, I love this. I need to know more. I didn't really go into it as like, I'm going to be a practitioner. Um, but sort of during the training, I was like thinking, you know, I have gained so much knowledge in healing myself and I really do have endless energy for this sort of subject. Why am I not offering this? Why am I not going that extra step? So yeah, that's how it started to really take shape for me as, um, as an offering and, um, 
So how how do somebody comes to you? What what exactly do you walk them through? How how does this offering? And I'm sure that it's going to be morphing a little bit with with coming into being a mom and and you're not quite sure how that's going to play out. And I totally understand and get that. But if if someone was to hey reach out to you and say hey what is how what would that process look like? Yeah. So I get on the phone and I ask them, you know, what are your top three health concerns? What is bringing you? Because usually they find me through the root cause protocol or through my Instagram um, or through a friend who's worked with me in the past. And um, so they'll usually have some sort of issue going on that they their doctor doesn't know what to do with, like a thyroid issue or um, they're just exhausted or their, you know, their prostate is enlarged and they don't know what to do. And, you know, just various, various things that our Western medicine doesn't really get at the root, you know, they just sort of bandaid and patch up. And um, also some really great proactive, you know, women who are like, I'm heading into menopause and I don't want to have a nightmare. So let's make this nice, you know? Um So they come to me and usually I work with them for about two months intensively. Um, Every two weeks we meet, we look at their hair, we look at their blood, we look at, um, yeah, those diagnostics, although they aren't, you know, really necessary, they're helpful and motivating. Um, And we just go through and make sure that their lifestyle is serving them and that we're mitigating stress and that we're, you know, um, setting them up to make these little swaps into food forms of really important nutrients that are going to feel sustainable that they can keep going and doing. Um, and it usually with my clients, the first thing I hear is I have more energy and I'm sleeping better. Mm. And that's within about one month, three weeks, one month. This is really deep healing though. So it's not like an overnight fix for anything. Yeah. Um, And the two months is really just some time to let life happen. But then we continue to meet less, you know, not every two weeks for most people. They like to meet once a month just for accountability. Most of my clients like that. And um, and we just continue to, you know, make it feel sustainable. And so it's like part life coach and part nutrition coach. And I love it. That's so magical. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And I also do EFT. So <gasps> a lot of work um, comes out like as we build more of a rapport, usually things become apparent and they're, you know, understanding like, Hey, I really felt triggered and it really exhausted me. And I kind of see this pattern going on and I'm like, Hey, let's do a session on just let's tap it out. Let's Let's get that brain body coherence going. And so that feels really good to offer as well. Um, I just love working with clients. And after every single phone call, I have so much energy. It's like, I feel so good because it's making real impacts in lives. And one of the things that really also made me want to create an offering out of the training um, was when I was looking at pregnancy because I was interested in becoming pregnant. And um, I was looking at minerals in pregnancy and I found the statistic that the number one cause of death postpartum is suicide. Mm, I can see that. 
that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it, and it's neck and neck with heart issues. Um, but that to me, I was like, why isn't this national news? Why yeah. isn't this literally um, a huge discussion mm-hmm. and um, an effort to change? And I just, it, I felt so many feelings. I was enraged. I was um, scared. I, you know, I felt a lot of feelings around it, but I also just felt motivation. And I knew from my training that a mineral foundation, like when you have the minerals in your body, you will not go to those depths of depression and loneliness. Like it just, when we're so depleted is when those sorts of situations typically become options, you know, and, but if we're nourished and we're supported, well, what happens what I've, what, I mean, just from my own experience, um, my very, my first daughter, uh, my first baby, um, I remember it was like six months, maybe, maybe even less than that. I don't really fully remember how far postpartum I was, but I'll never forget the moment I was driving. I was, my mom was driving and we were headed to Target on, anyways, a big four lane road. And we were pulled into the turning lane to pull into Target parking lot. And I remember like asking my mom, my baby was with my in-laws. And uh, I remember asking my mom, hey, mom, did you ever feel like you were just permanently babysitting your kid? And she had three kids. And she's like, no, Joy, that's not, that's not normal. And I'm like, yeah, that's like how I feel. I just don't feel like she's mine. I don't feel that intense protectiveness or that intense connection or that intense, I very well, easily at the moment could have walked away. And that, and, and feeling in that moment, having zero regret about it, other than my own moral compass wouldn't have allowed that, but that there was zero, like I had so much compassion for every single mom that had zero support and had no, no awareness of that's not normal you know, and then what needs to happen? Well, I I know good and well that it was very much mineral-based and nutrition-based and um, it wasn't even really lack of support. I had support from my spouse and my mother and, you know, in-laws and all of that. It was just in my own system. And so for some reason, that statistic does not at all surprise me at all. Right. Exactly. And, and generally, generationally, we're becoming more and more depleted through the maternal line. Yeah. When we don't replenish properly, you know, our daughters, it's like in, in utero, if we're not mineralized, we're not building the human to the way, the potential that they need to be. And then their eggs aren't getting the potential that they have. Um, but it is a generational decline. And so, you know, our, our, when we look at our mothers, you know, um, they didn't have quite the difficulty that we have. And, but now we can end that pattern. And I really was so motivated when I saw that um, just sheer, sheer shock of what that meant, of what that meant for women. Um, I really did want to be a part of the change for that. It just sparked something inside me. Like, first of all, I don't want that for myself, but I don't want that for any woman. And so I love, I I love, love, love that that became a personal mission vendetta for you. <laughs> um, 
because in that space, as I mean, just reflecting on my own experience, um, it affected my relationship with my daughter significantly affected our connection and our, and to this day, she's 12 now, and there is still intense repair taking place. And, and she struggles with her own emotional regulation because we didn't have it in those early two, three years that were vital for her to feel that regulation with me. And um, there was no co-regulation really happening. I mean, there was, but it was dysregulated co-regulation. Um, and so, yeah, I love, I so love that this is an offering that you have brought into your own sphere to serve moms. That's, it's, this is the reason that we put the magazine together was being able to connect women with other women who are their purpose and their mission is to serve and change the world. I remember as a kid growing up, I was always told like, you know, you're, we're destined to change the world, right? You know, Joy, you're going to change the world. You're going to change the world. It was a really big thing in the nineties and especially in the church culture that I grew up in and um, then becoming a mom, right? Like how do you change the world becoming a mom? Because it was meant to be this masculine perspective of you got to go out into the world to change the world. you know. <laughs> and the more that I've sunk into my own mission and the serving moms and, and this postpartum magazine is it's, it's been an evolving for me of, what does moms need to hear? What do we need to be connected with? Who do we need to be connected with? Who are the nourishing souls? I don't want it to just be some white coat or someone who just got a plaque and said, this is what we're going to do. I want people like you who have this, this internal compass of this is a really significant thing and I can affect change here and I can serve in this way. And I, I, I want to, um, and, um, so creating this magazine and, and putting this together, um, seeing the repercussions of when you, when you nurture a mom, when you nourish a mom, you change the world because you're affecting her children, her grandchildren. You're affecting an entire lineage of humans that like you, like I'm so fascinated and I love your story so much. You've, you've done the work before having this baby. And then this, this, the, the, the pregnancy, the, birth and your postpartum portal and this glorious experience of motherhood is is going to be insanely magical for you and you are you're affecting generations with the choices that you've you've made and as significant and yet insignificant they seem at the moment um and over the last 4 years you know i can imagine like it's not been necessarily easy to make these choices it hasn't been hard but it hasn't been easy either and the day-to-day -day movement through all of it just this depth that you're bringing to your family and choosing a partner we do we're the ones who choose our partners and choose the fathers it's not the men the men don't we do and um clearing our channel clearing our our bodies to be able to sniff out the right person that will coexist with us and will be that partner and be that father and be the right dna to co-create life with um I just, I love your story so much. Thank you for uh, sharing it with us here today. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been uh, the past four or five years have been a wild unfolding of ups and downs. And, um, but every day choosing, um, every day choosing this new path and not 
getting stuck. I just didn't want to ever get stuck. And it really, I mean, we didn't even touch on this, but it started when I was 20 and I uh, went to rehab and I let go of all substances, drinking, any drugs, wow. anything like that. let go of that. And so I was already sort of trained in this way to, you know, commit to one step at a time, doing the right thing. If I do, if I stay in my integrity and I do what I know is right on a micro level, I can trust anything that comes to me in my path. And I know that whatever comes to me in my path is meant for me. And it's not going to be something that is a mistake. So that I think there's so much potency in that, that trust, that innate knowing there's so many women and I'm one of them that it's taken years to cultivate that trust in myself and in my own voice and in, in my own perspective and in my own truth, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's, oh yeah. It's where everything comes forth. It's it's like a seed um, where the potential for anything can happen within that um, within that, within that little inner chamber of trust. Um, and I like to, it's a womb space, isn't it? Would it like, just explore this with me for a second. I'm, I'm curious because the trust has been a really big thing for my life. And I heard when I was like 12, I like this inner voice. And at the time I would have said, God told me this, whatever. Um, but that trust was the action of love. Would love be the womb space and trust be the seed? Or is trust the womb space and love is the mm. seed? Wow, I love this. I feel like trust offers the ability to love in the presence of the unknown. So I feel like trust would be the womb Mm -hmm. space and love would be the seed because when there's trust, it's like, even if we don't understand something, if we're in trust, I mean, it's almost like trust and love are the same, just sort of different expressions, but the trust is like, it offers the ability to be present while there's unknowns and misunderstanding even or um just so could trust be the masculine form the masculine structure if you will like the womb space right it's the home it's the house and the blood and the the eggs and the the process of which happens in the womb space is the feminine but the space itself, the structure of the home is the masculine, but we come in and make it a home with the furniture and the cooking and the smells and the... I feel that. I feel that because the trust is like, it is the the container. It is the the stability. It offers that. When there's a core mm. of trust on the inside of the knowing it being carried or being held by something greater than myself without leaving my body, like allowing myself to be coded in trust 
yeah, it, it creates the ability for so much magic to take place on the inside, which is fueled by love, right? Which is. It creates safety. Exactly. Right. That safe structure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that's really. Oh, and I love the home visual of the womb, the womb being this protective structure with and within which all of the different cozy vibes and love and right. can take place. That's gorgeous. I've been playing around a lot with masculine and feminine structure. Like what is what is the physical physicality of a man and a woman? Um, you know, from the the outer to the inner, right? The masculine, everything is outward. And for the woman, everything is inward. You have the 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 penis is the outer structure of his existence and the the all of that, right? And then you have the woman whose inner structure, everything is inner. And how do we marry the two in ourselves? Because we have, we all have the masculine feminine in us. What does this look like through our businesses? What does this look like through our expression with each other? What does this look like in our own movement through the world? And I, I have to have visual pictures of things in order to understand them. So I love that. Um, I love it. That's absolutely, absolutely resonant with me. I love thinking of that too, and just in my partnership as well, like being in trust that my husband, my partner is going to hold that masculine down in the space to be. I, oh my goodness. I'm so hoping that that like didn't screw everything up. (laughs) (laughs) My computer just like started glitching and was just like, yeah, we're done. And then it kicked me off the internet and wow. Um, so I don't know what was being transmuted in that, but like the devices couldn't handle that. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a lot. We got into this the energy work there for a second. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um I want to finish out though what you were saying about your husband and this 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 thought process, because that's where it glitched out was your husband. Yeah, I think um just bringing it back full circle sort of to what we were saying about how I love being pregnant. Um just in a modern relationship, we do so much uh, trading off of masculine and feminine. Like my husband's a writer. I was just sharing that like he he's a writer. And so he'll be in his feminine a lot. He'll be in his inner world. He'll He's creative. He's doing a lot. And so then in order to maintain polarity, I'll like be in my masculine, you know, and uh, yeah, and we trade off a lot. And but I think that one of the things that I love so much about being pregnant is that it's anchored me so much in the feminine, which is something that I've just deeply craved ever since I started my healing journey um, to have the ability, the permission and the space to occupy the feminine uh, in a more permanent way. And just the, I just love, I love being in, being in the masculine is, is great in a relationship for some purposes. Sometimes it's important. Um, but I love to really live in the feminine in my relationship. So I think that is one of the big reasons why the pregnancy has felt so good. And I, my nervous system has just been like so calm and so at home within it. 
And moving into postpartum for me, pregnancy helped anchor some of that. And then it, it really, it really landed, especially this for my fourth one landed deeply in postpartum because there was, I gave myself full permission that my only job was to nourish this baby and to nourish myself. That was it. And the housework and the homeschool and the tidying and the things, it didn't matter. And I was fully met in that place. And everyone rose. They loved stepping into the place of nourishing me and nourishing the baby. It was like the most magical. It was like allowing myself to fully anchor into that gave everyone else permission to do what they wanted to do as well, which was to meet me in that space. Ah, what a reclamation. And what a just, oh, you just set the, you just set the tone and then everyone harmonized around it and everyone realized if we don't realize that that's what Mm -hmm. as supporting roles, you know, you want to do, we don't know exactly because it gets into the nitty gritty, but when, when, when the tone is set and you're harmonizing with it, then it's like, oh, this is so easy now. Now I just know I'm just going to bring her a breakfast. I know she likes. Yeah. I don't have to guess, you know, I don't. And that is the matriarchal energy that we are designed to step into. Nicole did this um, postpartum summit where she interviewed multiple different people and I geeked out on you would love it. You would absolutely love it. Um, one of the things that she talks about or that they talk about in one of the videos was how this transition, I think I've always thought of matriarch as more the crone space, right? The the once you're past having children and you now step in as the the matriarch. And they flipped that on the head and was like, no, the minute you have a child, you are now the matriarch of the family and everyone else bends to meet. Everyone else comes to serve, to meet and honor the new head of the family because she's the one guiding and leading and moving the family how it needs to go. Like, oh, yeah, I feel that. I feel that deep in my bones. It's gorgeous. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I have one question for you before we end this. If you could, with a wave of a wand, have everyone know, instantly know something, just in their inner knowing and live from that place, what would that thing be? You are worth everything you desire. You are worth it. You are worth everything you desire. No desire is too big for you. You are worth it. What you are seeking is seeking you. Yes, it's meant for you and it will find you. Being mm, That's potent. Yeah, being open. Worthiness and receptivity are hand in hand. Yeah. Carolina, this has been the greatest pleasure of my week. Thank you so much for this conversation. I am so excited uh, that you have entered into my world and I've entered into yours. I am honored beyond honored uh, for this time that you set aside for us. I would love to come back and do another episode after you've had your baby and you're 
you know, in in the swing of motherhood, I would love to reconnect and and hear what you're learning and the journey that you've discovered in yourself and hear your birth story and all of those things. I would I would be so giddy. Oh, yes, please. Let's do that. I will look forward to that. I'm so excited. This is Yay. a huge honor and pleasure. And you are just, you are such a treasure. I'm so grateful that we connected. I'm so grateful that you found me in the digital world and that we're bringing this into more of a tangible way. And I, by the way, got my magazine last night. Yay. I'm drinking your tea. I feel so encouraged by you. Thank you. It just feels so good. And I can't wait to spend the afternoon reading this magazine and just letting it support me. Like I have so much, it's, it's, this is all so new and I have so much to absorb and um, remember. And I know that your publication is going to spark that. Ah, Where can people find you? Um, I'm online. I'm uh, online at motherofminerals.com and on Instagram at motherofminerals. So I am there. I'm there to receive any questions and hope to support. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this awe-inspiring exploration of motherhood. Once Again Mom began as a spark of an idea to find a way that would hold a mama through those transformative experiences of her life pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with a focus on the postpartum season. From that spark ignited a flicker of a flame and turned into a light illuminating the path before us. A magazine would be the hand that held mamas through her journey. As the postpartum guide lay within reach on her nightstand, its pages whispered remembrances of resilience, self-discovery, and the ancient power of embracing the transformative season of motherhood. The flicker of the flame within each article danced gracefully, illuminating the path with insights on caring for not only her baby, but her own body, navigating the intricacies of breastfeeding and bottle feeding, and embracing the beauty of self-care practices as a newly postpartum mama. In those in-between moments, whether it was a quiet cup of tea before dawn or stolen minutes of solitude during nap time, mamas found solace in the pages of Once Again Mom. The magazine became a haven, a safe space, where she could explore the art of setting boundaries, learn about nutritional wisdom, and discover the nurturing embrace of chiropractic care for both her and her little ones. The journey of Once Again Mom wasn't just about surviving the postpartum season, it was about thriving in it. Each turn of the page was a step forward, a reminder that the flame of ancient wisdom burned brightly within every mama, and she too had access to it if only she trusted it. So as the modern postpartum guide graced the homes of countless mothers, it became a symbol, a symbol of resilience, of celebrating the unique journey of becoming a mother once again. In the soft glow of the bedside lamp or the warm embrace of sunlight streaming through the window, mamas found strength inspiration, and a community within the pages. Once again, mom had evolved from a spark to a flicker, and now it stood as a radiant blazing torch, guiding mothers through the sacred and transformative journey of postpartum bliss. It wasn't just a magazine, it was a legacy, a testament to the power of community, trusting one's own inner ancient maternal voice, and the unwavering flame that illuminated the path for generations of mothers to come. To receive your own magazine and join the Radiant community, head over to onceagainmom.com. Let the flicker within you transform into a blazing flame of ancient wisdom. Your journey through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum is about to be illuminated. 
most beautifully. We'll see you in the pages of Once Again Mom.